as you heard, my name is Kayla Pina. I'm just so excited to be here with Celebrate Church, and I know I speak on behalf of myself and the entire team that we've had an amazing time thus far. We just give such a big thank you to Liz and Stewart and for the leaders that they are. It's always a great indication when you see the body and how kind and loving and just crazy after the word they are, it's a reflection of the leadership. They're true kingdom leaders, they pursue the presence of God, and they really have a heart for equipping the body. So we've been so honored to be here, so I'm just excited to be sharing with you guys. And my message today is called The Process Before the Promise. So I was asking the Lord, I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want to release to celebrate church? And he was saying that he wants to dismantle disappointment. And I love the Holy Spirit because he's already been weaving things together with what Stuart already spoke to us. Because sometimes disappointment in our lives, in the process, becomes an idol in our hearts. Yeah. We are disappointed with God, or we think we're disappointed with God not fulfilling the promise. But perhaps we're just in the process and there's something in the process that he wants to give us. So I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, I thank you so much for this wonderful place. I thank you that your presence is so palpable today. I thank you for the work that you've already begun here during worship and during our declarations. I just bless every declaration to take those things off of the throne and to put you back, Jesus. I just pray that you would anoint my words, that you would soften our hearts, and that after this we would be able to drop disappointment and fully pursue what you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. amen. So the fact is, we can avoid the process. <laughs> it's something that we go through as humans and especially as Christians. But good things take time to develop. There is something behind aging that's actually really crucial to maturity. Now, I want to get a show of hands. Who loves cheese in this room? I knew I would get a lot of hands. I mean, we're in Europe, so I expected that. And in, in America, it's a little <laughs> touch and go there. But I love cheese. And for me, a good aged cheese is just delicious, right? But it needs to go through a process before it becomes that good and that tasty. And I did some research from a Wisconsin website. Those of us from America know that Wisconsins, they know their cheese. So they said that cheesemakers can shape the aging process by introducing different bacterial or mold cultures to the cheese and by manipulating the storage environment to create certain conditions that either speed up or slow down the progress. So this is huge here because we actually see with cheese, just like with us, that we go through different elements in our lives in different environments and this is what allows us to become fully mature and it's what the Lord decides for us and there's something beautiful there. And we can't control how long the process lasts. However, we can control our heart posture in the waiting. And I can think of no better scripture to illustrate this than the one of Joseph. And it reminds me actually of the fact that God cares more about us than he does about our vision. And I have this amazing quote by Banning Lipshire. So he said, God is not interested in developing your vision first. He is interested in developing you. And there's something beautiful that the Lord does where he doesn't allow us to fully step into our calling if our immature character will crush us. It's actually in his kindness 
that he delays the process if we're not ready. So as we already went through this morning, there are things that we might be holding on to that the Lord wants to take from us because we are looking at the situation as if he's withholding something, but he's really just developing us. So as I was mentioning, Joseph is a great example of this, of a process, of a long process. So I'll pick up the, the scripture. Uh, those from Global Notice, this is known as the KPV. It's the Kayla Pina version, okay? So I'm going to paint the picture of what happens in scripture. And I have some here, so I'm going to read through it. So no worries, you have to go through your phone or your Bibles. I'm going to read the verses for us. So you pick up the scripture. It's in Genesis, and Joseph is 17 years old. He is the favorite child. Their father, Jacob, loves him, and he doesn't make it a secret. He gives him this coat of many colors, and the brothers are not a huge fan of Joseph. Joseph kind of flaunts this coat of many colors, and he tattletales on his brothers when they do wrong things, so they're not a huge fan. And things get even worse when he gets two dreams from the Lord that point at the fact that he's going to rule over his family one day. So things go really bad for him in his relationship with his brothers. So we read in Genesis chapter 37, verse 5, it says, Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Now there's something in the scripture if we actually read between the lines for us to grasp. So if we look at the Hebrew when we read had a dream, it actually means that he binded himself firmly. So he didn't just have a natural dream, but he binded himself firmly to the dream that God gave him. And this is crucial because Joseph needed this to go through the process that he was about to go, go under. And for us, we can use this as well and say, okay, Lord, you've given me a promise. You've given me a dream. You've spoken over my life. I'm going to bind myself firmly to that word, no matter what the circumstances look like. And this is crucial because poor Joseph, his life changed in a way he probably never imagined. <clears throat> his brothers, as I mentioned, didn't love him, so they sold him into slavery and sold him into an Egyptian house of a man named Potiphar. I can imagine Joseph being there almost just dumbfounded, like, how in the world did I get here? One moment I was in my nation with my family, having amazing dreams from the Lord, and then the next second, I'm in a foreign land with foreign people, and I don't know how I got here. And that's how it is for us sometimes, right? We might have this big prophetic word or this vision from the Lord, and we think it's going to happen right away. But then our circumstances change, and we're like, how did I get here? Where are you, Lord? But we see in the story that the Lord did not leave Joseph. He was with him, and even when he was with Potiphar, as a slave, he had authority and he had favor. So we read in Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 through 3, the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So even in the midst of what seemed like an un you know, not a great circumstance that happened to him, God's hand was still on him. So even when we feel like things are not going well, God is faithful to be with us in the process. So Joseph, he's having a pretty good time in Potiphar's house, and I can imagine he's probably getting used to it, right? He has favor, he has authority, and things take another turn for the worst. 
So Potiphar's wife had a thing for Joseph, and she was trying to tempt him into an affair. But Joseph demonstrates his character here and his maturity. He refuses the temptation for two reasons. Number one, he didn't want to betray his master, Potiphar. But more importantly, he did not want to betray God. And this is huge. So things, if I were Joseph, I would think, okay, I made a great holy decision. I'm ready to be blessed. But that's not what happens to Joseph. He gets thrown into prison because Potiphar's wife was jealous. She wanted revenge. So yet again, poor Joseph finds himself in a circumstance that he probably did not expect. And he was imprisoned in this prison. And basically, we read here that it was difficult for him. We read, actually, I love this, in Psalms, we read a little bit more about what Joseph went through in prison. It's in Psalms 105, verse 18. It says, his feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put in a collar of iron. If we look at the Hebrew, it actually means that iron entered his soul. So he was deeply disturbed that he was in this prison. But we know that he binded himself firmly to the word of God. So what circumstance are you going through right now that you feel imprisoned by? We just shared that earlier, right? Sometimes I feel imprisoned by my finances. We can feel imprisoned by anxiety, depression, orphan spirit. But in that, we can ask the Lord to help us with our heart posture and to bind ourselves firmly over the words he's spoken over our lives. And as Stuart said, to call on heaven. Heaven is our grid. So that's what we can do. So he's there in prison. and God set up some divine appointments for him. So while in prison, there were two people who used to work with, yeah, used to work with Pharaoh that had dreams, and they needed help interpreting these dreams. So Joseph, he had wisdom from the Lord to help them interpret these dreams. Joseph was smart. He's like, okay, if I interpret your dreams correctly, when you get out of here, please remember me and tell Pharaoh so I can be free. So that's what happened. But unfortunately, he forgot didn't tell Pharaoh for two years. So for two additional years, Joseph is still in prison, waiting, 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 like us waiting for our promises, year after year after year. But what seemed like a flash of a moment, finally Pharaoh had a dream of himself that he needed help interpreting. And that man said, you know what, I remember a Hebrew man, and he's the man for the job. He can help you interpret your dream. That man is Joseph. So I love this part because Joseph is being prepared for the promise. So they clean him, they give him a new outfit, they shave him, and this is right before the promise. And he's all cleaned up, and he meets Pharaoh, and he has divine wisdom and revelation from the Lord to help Pharaoh interpret his dreams. Pharaoh was so moved by this that Pharaoh pretty much put him as second in command. And we know back in those times that Egypt was pretty much the most powerful nation. So Joseph was a very powerful powerful man right after Pharaoh. And what we see here is like God can change our situation around in what seems like a moment. But we see obviously the process that Joseph went through before. And this is like us. And I can relate to this story very well. I can't say it was as dramatic as Joseph (laughs) when it comes to, you know, getting sold into slavery and then getting imprisoned. But I went through things in my life that I really just associate myself to this story. And when I gave my life to the Lord, I didn't know that when I said yes to him that I'd also be saying yes to the waiting. And he spoke all these amazing things over my life, and I, had, I got excited. I had these promises, and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm ready. Let's do it. 
nothing happened. And I was working at this corporate job at the time and pretty much almost putting this worldly perspective of having a corporate job on the throne of my heart. I was almost making six figures by the time I was 30. And I'm like, yes, I'm doing the thing. But then, just like Joseph had Potiphar's wife as temptation, I had a temptation because my corporate job wanted me to work on a project that was so ungodly, I knew it would break the Lord's heart to do this. So I was at a crossroads, and I was praying, and I felt like God's answer to me was to quit my job. I was like, surely, Lord, this must be a mistake. It is in the heat of COVID. Most people are, you know, scared to lose their jobs, and you're asking me to quit my job? I'm so close to making six figures. But, of course, I want to be obedient, so I quit. And just like Joseph, again, saying no to Potiphar's wife, I was like, okay, I made a great holy decision. Let's go, Lord. Like, let's do ministry now. And it didn't happen. I went into this process of waiting. At the time, I was 30 years old, living back with my parents. And as much as I love them, that was not my dream, to be 30 years old, living at home with my parents. Um, but in that time, he did a beautiful work in me, and he had to mature my character in a way that I could actually hold the calling that he had for me. And one of the things that he did a really big work on was that I was making marriage an idol. I didn't know that. I thought I was just praying, I'm contending, this is going to be good. And he had to reveal that to me and reveal just, we talked yesterday about emotional healing, these roots that I had that he had to dismantle from the root. It was a beautiful time, but it was a painful time. And finally, I thought the promise was right in front of me. First, he fulfilled the promise of ministry. I got accepted to GSSM. I was like, all right, Lord, the, yeah, the promises are coming. And then I started dating a man, and I thought, finally, this is my husband. God is just answering everything for me. I was wrong. I was wrong. And I was so disappointed. I was broken. And I was like, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Lord, how did we get here? But truly, now that I'm actually engaged to the man that I'm supposed to be with, I see why it didn't pan out before. The Lord still had more work to do in my heart. The process was not over. Like the aged cheese, I was trying to take it out before it was time. There was still more work that he wanted to do in me. And I thank him for that because if he had given me the promise when I really wanted it, the promise of marriage, I would not have been ready. I would have ruined it. I would have ruined a relationship. I would have gotten my heart in a worse off place. Just like if Joseph had been given that much authority and power at the age of 17, he would not have been ready either. And I truly believe that the Lord answers every single prayer. The fact is, we might just have a different idea of what it's supposed to look like. But he hears everything, and sometimes a no is really just his protection. Sometimes the process, again, is him just preparing us to carry that. So the whole point I'm trying to make is that, again, we're going to find ourselves in a season of process many times in our life. And it's going to be with different things. It could be about finances, family, ministry, whatever it is. It's inevitable. But he never leaves us when we're in the process, and we can change our heart and say, okay, Lord, what are you revealing to me in this? And the Lord gently rebuked me when I was giving him why questions in my prayer. Why am I in this season, Lord? Why are you not answering me? And he's like, you're asking me the wrong question. So for us, instead of asking why, we can say, what do you have for me in this waiting, Lord? 
How can I walk this out in a way that is worthy of praise? How can I do this in a way that you can that I can be representative of you as I'm walking this out? So there's really this healthy tension of holding on to the promise and contending, but being okay in the process, knowing that he is a good God and he is doing a good, good work in us. And we're in good company, right? We see Joseph waited 13 years for the promise. Moses waited 40 years, and our dear Jesus waited 30 years. And we see that all throughout scripture. It is biblical, and oftentimes we just want to rush through things. And I absolutely love this quote, and I'm going to wrap this up here because I really want to go into some ministry time because I feel like we already started tailing the ground with, with this whole perspective of taking things off of the throne and putting Jesus back. But I love this quote by St. Augustine. So he says, the higher your structure is to be, the deeper must be its foundation. If the structure rises up high, the one building it first needs to dig deep and be very low. So I want us to celebrate, no pun intended, at Celebrate Church, the fact that the process could very well just be that the Lord is digging a deep foundation because he wants to build something so high and he wants us to be able to hold this calling and to hold it with a mature character. So I'm just going to pray and I would love to invite the team, prayer team, to come up because, again, I really feel like there is something in this moment that we've been stirring up today to just get rid of the disappointment, to seek the Lord and how he wants us to walk through this process so that we can fully hold on to the promise that he has for us. So Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for the, for the process. We thank you, God, that you care so much about us, that you want to prepare our hearts to hold what you have for us. We thank you for the work that you've already begun in our hearts today during worship and during this message. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would show us and reveal to us the areas of our heart that we need to abandon, that we need to just let go so we can fully step into what you have for us. So we bless you, we honor you, and we give everything that does not belong to you in the name of Jesus, and we love you. So if you found a stirring in your heart during that, I just invite you to come up. We'll pray for anything, but especially for these things that you just want to discard, these things that you don't want to hold on anymore that you think are stopping you from fully just chasing after what the Lord has for you.